Thank you for being here this morning, and those of you joining us online, thank you for joining us as well. I, uh, I want to share a statistic that I recently read, and this was from a survey done by Timex about uh, three years ago. Uh, listen, listen to this. According to a Timex survey, Americans, and, and keep in mind in a normal year, okay, not 2020, but Americans wait on average 20 minutes a day for transportation, 32 minutes whenever they, wait, whenever they visit a doctor, 28 minutes in security lines whenever they travel, 21 minutes for a significant other to get ready to go out, no comment on that one, 13 hours annually waiting on hold for, a cus- for customer service, 38 hours each year waiting in traffic, and those living in big cities wait in traffic more than 50 hours annually. So all this translates into... If if you live an average lifespan, we wait six months, spend six months of our lives waiting, waiting and waiting and waiting. You'll spend 43 days of your life, not 43 eight-hour shifts, uh, shifts, I mean 43 times 24 hours waiting for customer service on hold, over a thousand hours. Now, I bring all that up because more, I, I mean, this experience in this life, I mean, isn't it true it just constantly kind of feels like waiting and waiting and waiting. We're always waiting for something. But more than any other time of year, Christmas is the time of waiting, isn't it? I mean, you remember as a kid, and, and those of you in here, maybe you're still, still at this place. I know I am. Christmas gets done, midnight hits, and, and December 25th is over. And what do we do? 365 days until the next one. It's going to be awesome. I can't wait, right? And it's just waiting and waiting and waiting. But more than that, more than that, there is just, we get these reminders over and over and over that we wait. We wait on all kinds of things. Some of you have life situations that you're waiting on right now. You have scores or results that you're waiting on to get back. We wait, we wait, we wait. And the thing about waiting is, there are really two things that qualify you as waiting. Number one is you are dependent. You have to be dependent on someone or something outside of you. But number two, waiting means vigilance. You got to be on watch all the time. And here's the thing. When that thing that I'm waiting for, that I've just got to have, and if it doesn't happen, I don't know what I'm going to do. When we get to that point, you know what happens? That's a, that's a kind of waiting that can begin to affect relationships. I mean, isn't it true? Isn't it true that the last time you sent a text message and you didn't get a reply right back, some things started happening in your brain? This happened to me last week. I sent a text message to somebody. Now everybody who got a text from me this last week is like, is this me? But you start thinking, maybe they're mad at me. Maybe they're upset. Maybe they hate me. And then you start yelling back at your phone like, I know you're holding your phone in your hand. I know you're there right now. And you're just choosing not to answer me. See, a couple things happen when we are in a place of waiting. And one of those is that we begin to question the character of the one we're waiting on, don't we? We begin to think if, I, if it seems silent, then they must not care. Or they must be upset or they must be angry. With me. But the other thing that happens is that vigilance part of waiting, it, it quickly turns into surveillance. In other words, we move from watching for to watch out and looking for to look out and being for to on the outs with somebody, don't we? I mean, just, just 2020, right? I mean, 
while we've all been isolated and in our homes more and more, isn't it true that just, just the natural byproduct of not seeing one another face-to-face more and more has had some consequences? And, and one of those consequences, we can begin to walk around with a narrative in our heads about other people. And they can become, we can begin to question the character of those that we're around. Now, that's easy to do with people, but it also happens right here, doesn't it? We can actually question the character of God, can't we? I mean, you've got that thing that you've been praying for and praying for and praying for, and God, if you would just resolve this situation, I'll be back. And and you'll have my full attention. If you'll just work this out. And sometimes he answers. And then sometimes, sometimes there's a delay. And we wait, and we wait, and we wait. And it's possible to wonder about him and his character. Now, I tell you all that because for all of our waiting that we do, there's really, if you look at it, there's this angst within us. There's this neediness to all of the not yets in our lives, isn't there? I just, I just need it to happen. I need it to happen. I need it to happen. So I want to take you to Luke chapter 2. It, it, Jesus is about a month old in Luke chapter 2. But part of what's going on in Luke chapter 2 is that there is a need. I mean, a deep down, long-lasting human need that goes beyond the gifts that we're waiting for or the situations that we're waiting to have resolved. There's an even deeper need going on in Luke chapter 2. Let me read it to you. This is one long sentence. It's a run-on sentence, but I want you to pay attention to this word that keeps coming up. Luke chapter 2, verse 22. When the time came for the purification rites required by the law of Moses, this is when, when a baby was born, about 40 days after that, Joseph and Mary took him, baby Jesus, to Jerusalem to to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice in keeping with what is said in the law of the Lord. A pair of doves or two young pigeons. Now, there's this word that just keeps coming up throughout that sentence. It's the word law. And anytime you see one thing come up over and over and over, there's an emphasis on it. And the emphasis at that time was that everybody, everybody was subject to the law of God. That is, his law demanded that it be met and it be lived up to. Now, to that point in history, how many people do you think had walked this earth that had actually lived up to that law? Zero. Zero. Nobody had lived up to it. And deeper than any situation that anybody was waiting to have resolved was this deep need of the human heart and soul that something, something had to live up to the law of God for people to be made right in his eyes. Now, if we could just stop there, isn't it true that you're maybe looking at a situation in your life and you're thinking, well, I must not be right in God's eyes because he hasn't answered that prayer yet. I mean, that's a, that's a common place to go, isn't it? And yet if you begin to look through scripture, you, you, know, what, you know what it really is to be made right in the eyes of God? Is you need a savior. And I need a savior. And so what had happened is centuries before this moment, God had said, he made a promise. He said, I am going to send a Messiah. I'm going to send somebody who's going to make my people Israel right with me. I'm going to send somebody who makes the world right with me. See, there, there was a very deep, deep human need. 
And as, as we discussed a little bit ago, when we're waiting, that's, that's an opportunity for things to go sideways in a relationship, isn't it? So you can imagine, I mean, we wait 365 days for another Christmas, or maybe it's been a number of years, you've been praying the same prayer, waiting and waiting and waiting. But for them, centuries of waiting for a Messiah, God, you promised this, you said this was coming. And I can only, I can only speculate, but I have to think that if I were walking around at that time, I'd begin to wonder, God, are, are you really for us? <laughs> is this Messiah, is this savior coming? And we get, a little, we get a little bit of angst in us. And we begin to treat people and we begin differently. And we begin to think differently of people. But I want to bring you to one man. It's a man named Simeon in Luke chapter 2. Simeon was a man who waited and Simeon waited much differently than we tend to wait. When we get focused on all the not yets in life. Listen to this. This is verse 25 of Luke chapter 2. Now, there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel. Now, if I could stop there, stop and think about the last time you were waiting. Would the words righteous and devout describe you? I mean, I'm just thinking about the red light I was at the other day. Righteous? No. Devout? No. <laughs> but here's the thing about those two words. Righteous has, a, has a, a relational element to it. In some translations, the word is actually just. That Simeon, while he was waiting, he looked, with, he looked at his fellow human beings with eyes of righteous and just. When was the last time you were waiting on somebody? And when you didn't get the answer you liked or you were still waiting, you could still treat them justly inside. That's hard, isn't it? And then there's this other word. He was righteous and devout. Devout meaning not just these relationships, but this relationship. That God, while I, while I walk through and I wait on you and I'm waiting for what you promised, the deepest of human needs, I'm still gonna come to you. I'm still gonna come to you with your character in mind. You've always been faithful. And I know I haven't seen this answer yet, but I will be devoted to you. I will continue to come back to you. And how do you do that? That's, that's beyond human strength, which is why we got to finish the verse. It says he was waiting for the consolation of Israel and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Do you know what Simeon's doing? Simeon is waiting with eyes of anticipation and expectation. Simeon knew that he'd been given a promise. Simeon knew that as he looked at people to the left and the right, even though he didn't yet have what had been promised, he would treat them justly. He would see them with God's eyes. And in his relationship with God, he would continue to be devoted to him, to walk before him, to be in relationship with him. See, Simeon believed in the promise. And I know we, we tend to try to come up with more complexity than that, but it's really that simple. See, the key to waiting well and waiting the way God wants us to wait is to believe his promise to us. That's it. See, Christmas is, is or there's really this reminder here that while we tend to wait with the neediness of the not yet, 
we can wait with the assurance of what's already here because that's the message of Christmas. It's God saying, what you're waiting for, you have it. It had been centuries and centuries and centuries of people waiting, but the message of Christmas is God with us. He says, you have my presence because what the, the human heart is really looking for is assurance. The assurance that he's already here, he's already with us. Now, I, I don't go to the post office very often, okay? But recently, I, <clears throat> excuse me, I went to the post office and uh, I know, worst time of year to go to the post office. I have learned my lesson for the thousandth time. But I went to the post office and I, I just had to, I had to ship something out. It was just a tiny little package. And so I give this to the clerk after waiting and waiting and waiting. And you know what he asked me? He said, you wanna send this first class? I said, yeah. And then he did this thing. He asked this question where he said, okay, do you want, do you want signature confirmation? I was like, well, that, that's pretty assuring. Yeah, yeah, I want that. Okay, would you like to upgrade to priority mail? It could be there in two to three days instead of five to seven days. And I went, wow, this guy is so nice. Yeah, I would like that. Okay, would you like signature service? Absolutely. Okay, would you like adult signature service? I was like, yes. He's like, it costs a little extra. And I was like, whoa, whoa, costs? What? Like, I thought, I thought this was a you being nice to me thing because it's Christmas, you know? He got done with all these options. He's like, it'll be $58. <laughs> And with a line behind me, you know what I said? Could we just take all that off? See, there is a cost to assurance. There's a cost to assurance. And that's hard for us, isn't it? But the the cost of assurance is really to believe and trust the promise of the one who made the guarantee. There's a cost to it. And if you're sitting here thinking, well, that's great, pastor, but I can't, that's a hard place for me to get to. I mean, you, you just believe. You make that sound like you just, I'll just flip a switch inside and it'll happen. Let me bring you to this detail in Luke that I'm just fascinated by. And it happens in the, in the ensuing verses. Here's what it says. Verse 27, moved by the spirit, Simeon went into the temple courts. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, because remember, everybody at this point is under the law. When they brought him in to do what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms. That's creepy if you're, if you're parents of a newborn, isn't it? Stranger grabs this newborn. But Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. Did you catch that? God, I've been waiting and I've been waiting and I've been waiting, but when you show up, I could just die. I could be done. This is John Elway retiring after a Super Bowl. Peyton Manning retiring after Super, the Super Bowl. It's you after just the most incredible meal where you go, I, I'm good. I'm at, did you catch the word there? Peace. You may now dismiss your servant in peace. See, Christmas is the reminder that God answered all of our not yets with his already here. God answered all the not yets, whether your situations have been resolved or not, or my situations have been resolved or not. He answered it with the assurance that I am a God who is with you. 
I'm already here. But the detail that I just continue to come back to is this idea that the cross hadn't happened yet. I mean, we know because we're 2,000 years on the other side of the cross that the thing that made us right before God and answered our, our deepest of needs is what Jesus did on the cross. But at this point, Jesus is still a baby. And Simeon, not technically right in the eyes of God yet, is he? Because he hasn't trusted in what Jesus did at the cross. And yet the deep encouragement I get from this is this reminder as you look at this passage that even our not yets can be filled with his already here. Even the angst that, that just accompanies all of our not yets, it, it can be filled with the assurance of his already here. That's what Christmas is a reminder of. And when that happens, when I actually embrace that, I mean, for Simeon, it was holding Jesus in his arms. When I can embrace Jesus in my heart, you know what happens? Peace. There's peace there. And it doesn't just stay there. Look at the following couple of verses. Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people, Israel. You notice Simeon's talking outside of himself now. He's saying, look, Lord, what you've promised, I now have peace from that, but now it goes out. It's glory to your people, Israel. It's this revelation to the entire world. See, when, when you wait that way, that's a godly kind of waiting. See, godly waiting is walking a not yet world with already here assurance. And it's contagious. And it actually affects the people around you. Now, listen, I'm not preaching you a message that I don't need myself, okay? Because about a month and a half ago, I did this, I did this really responsible, really responsible husband thing. I began working on my wife's Christmas gifts, okay? And that is like record, just so you know, that's record time. I mean, I've talked to a few people, few husbands that have not started yet. And, and the clock is, is ticking, okay? And, and the shipping volumes, I'll just tell you, they're, they're higher and just based on my experience at the post office, uh, it's gonna be expensive. But anyhow, I, I started working on this Christmas gift for my wife at beginning of November and I was looking around for a good deal and I finally landed on, I just, I was like, you know what? I'm gonna give this a shot. I went to eBay, okay? eBay's an opportunity to get some things at a discount, some things probably way more than you'd ever pay for them at a store. But I find this item, and so I ordered it, and I thought, oh, it should be here. It should be here within a week or so. And I'm looking at the, the they have seller reputation on there. So you get a numerical rating, and it'll say they have this rating, and it's 100% positive feedback or it's 50% positive feedback. It just kind of helps you, helps you realize, can I really trust this transaction? Can I trust this person to follow through? So I find somebody that's got a, a great number um, and it's 100% positive feedback, place the order, great deal, forget about it. A couple of weeks go by and I'm sitting here going, oh my goodness, that gift hasn't shown up yet. So you can get on and you can track the package and the person I bought it from, they're out on the East Coast and I'm expecting it to be somewhere near Denver, Colorado. You know where it was? 
It was in a facility in Connecticut, a U.S. post office facility in Connecticut. Now, I say I'm preaching to you the message I need to hear because what do you think I began thinking about the seller? Yeah, I started questioning the character a little bit. And I began thinking, wow, they're up to no good. So I went back through the tracking history. Turns out they did send it on time, but this is what we do. I think, okay, if the seller took care of their thing, then whose fault is this? It's the post office. It's the post office. So I make a call and I go, listen, how do I track this package down? And they said, we are so busy. I'm going to have to have a supervisor call you back. Hang up. Well, they're not going to call back. They're probably a terrible person. They're probably the worst person I've ever met because this is what we do. And so as of a few days ago, I have a package that is still in Connecticut. And so I'm going to need you to pray for my physical safety if we get to Christmas and my wife's gift isn't here yet. (laughs) But doesn't that pretty much sum it up? You and I walk through a life full of not yet situations. And, and we can wait in such a way that we just, it affects every, everything inside of us and everyone around us. Or we can wait that even, even when there's a not yet, even when there's a not yet, we can wait with the assurance that on a deep, deep level, he's already here. We already have his presence. He already made us right in the sight of God. We have only to believe as Simeon did. And so, as the worship team comes back up, my prayer as we head into Christmas is that as we look around at the not yets, we'd be filled with the assurance of the already here. And if you don't know where to start, maybe consider your delivery driver. When the package shows up, would you exude that already here assurance to them that comes only from the presence of God with us? Let's pray. Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father, thank you that you are a God who over and over and over for all of our fretting, for all of our looking around and wondering where are you at and why isn't that situation resolved? You are a God who at Christmas, the very first Christmas, you said, I am with you. You are Emmanuel, God with us. And so Lord, open our eyes. Open our our eyes to a new way of waiting. It's a waiting that we look at you and we look at others and we know that you're with us. Fill us with that assurance and let us view others with your eyes. We pray all of this in Jesus' name, amen.